Power Forward. Sponsored by Copan Ramen. Gets more boards than Dennis Rodman. And will give your bitch the Rodman. At Super Dope AJ. Let's fucking get it. Damn, I don't know if I could top that. But at Point Guard from the unemployment line, your mother's favorite bartender. At JM Dez. Let's go. Starting at Combo Guard. We have the Filipino assassin. Don't get him confused with Manny Pacquiao. The central worker. Jump shot, Jeffrey. Sounds like a studio audience. That's the worst part. It's like, who in the crowd would not be that excited about us? You know? Yeah, for real. That was fucking lit. <laughs> I know that that Jeffrey came in hot with that shit. That shit was too smooth, yo. Yeah. Employ this man. <laughs> so, long time coming. Uh, we haven't recorded in about, what, three weeks? Sounds right. Feels like a month. Uh, Yeah, man. Cheers. Let's start this off on a good note. Let's go. Can't say I've missed you guys because we've been talking every day, but we've been talking about this recording for a long time now. And we have so much shit to talk about, so it's going to be a good episode. Might be a little longer than usual. But what's going on with you guys? Uh, pretty a bunch of nothing to be honest. Uh, I'm just working from home. It's uh, I'm tired of that shit to be honest. I never thought I'd be I'd, I'd miss the office, but I miss like working in an office and like leaving my house and shit. So it's not the funnest thing, but uh, I at least get to do more stuff like this. Like I kind of get off of work and I call either Jesse. I don't really call you too frequently. I know you're super busy. Essential. This guy's essential. Essential worker. But uh, just kind of doing like. Little shit here and there, trying to, you know, stay uh, in a healthy state of mind. Also trying to find, like, a little side hustle, working on a few things, just trying to have a little extra steady income, you know what I mean? So I'm going to start selling ass on Harbor if you're looking for me. Ooh, you'd be a hot commodity. <laughs> Harbor and Fifth, you know where to find them at the Jack in the Box. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you throw in two tacos, you get a discount. <laughs> extra ranch, baby. Yeah, what about you, Jeff? What's going on with you? I'm just out here living the fucking bachelor life, honestly. <laughs> Staying single, ready to mingle, <laughs> on Tinder, on Grinder. You got to open up your options, more fish in the sea. I'm just kidding. I've been working. This month, I'm trying to stay a little sober, boy. But, you know, here I am drinking liquor because that's the only thing I allowed. If you drink it straight, it doesn't count. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I see everybody over here on their fitness tip, you know, doing their own thing. So, I'm out here getting inspired by my dogs. What about you, Jess? Dude, I've been just trying to keep the mind busy as much as I can. Uh, took a dial back from the drinking, bought some supplements, been running a little bit. Um, but in terms of me being busy, I've created like a little TikTok um, thing I got going on. I create like different drinks and make it easy for people to do at home. And the other, the other weekend, you guys came out. I created a six-drink menu, free alcohol, whoever stops by. Pick something up, get a bag of ice on the side. It turned out to be not so much of a drive-by, though. It turned into a fucking party, and it, everybody was lit. Hey, you went, you went six for six on the menu, dog. That shit was fire. Yeah, okay, that shit so. was dope. And people came through with, like, uh, White Claws and different beers and shit, and yeah. we were shotgunning. It, like, legit turned into a little party in your front yard. Yeah. Every now and then, people that we know kind of passed by and picked up some alcohol and then left. Yep. And then also, it was Jeffrey's birthday. Shout out to our boy, Jeffrey. Yeah, happy birthday, Jeff. Dude, congratulations, Jeffrey. Happy birthday. Yeah, congratulations, this motherfucker. Essential. <laughs> Needless Essential. to say, that day, I went to Jesse's, got super hammerhead. I went home. My parents wanted me to take a picture on, like, my old SLR camera. And I was trying to, like, take the family picture, and I couldn't get the fucking flash on because I was just, like, all types of fucked up. And so the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, the whole picture is all dark, and they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with this idiot? Like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and I'm just like... Oh, my God, I can't get my shit together, dude. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep at, like, 8.30 that, that night. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. Jesus, that was a Sunday. Was that Sunday or Saturday? It was, like, I don't know. That was a... I think it was it was a it was, Saturday because I worked the next day. Yeah. Did you were you you were smoking and drinking, huh? If I remember correctly, because I was doing both and I was pretty twisted. Yes, yeah, we were, we were pretty deep in the bullshit. You know, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, you know I smoke, right? Ooh. It's like, smoke what? I was like, like 420. She's like, 
what is that? I was like, look it up on your phone. You got a smartphone. So, so, so how, how long have you been smoking? And so this is your first time you're, you've told your mom, correct? That I officially just told her. Like, she's found shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm always like, oh, that's AJ's. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not mine. That's my friend AJ's. You know that black guy that comes yeah, around I mean, every now and then? Just blame it on him, man. <laughs> Bro, Jeffrey's car reeks of weed and, like, air freshener. It smells good. Yeah. Oh I mean, it doesn't God. reek, but, like, it, you know. What an asshole, dude. <laughs> what an I, asshole. I just cleaned my car today, by the way. But yeah, I came out to her, told her, you know, if I come back from a boy's house and I come back hungry, you know, I smoke. And she's just like, ha, 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 So now every time I go out now, she's like, are you going to go um, 420? I'm just like, I don't know. It's always don't know. 420. Yeah. Just, I just might. But they're okay with it. That's dope. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Speaking of smoking, people in HB have been off that stuff. Mm-hmm. That stimulus check hitting and that fucking high as a kite, bro. Bruh. <laughs> Chad, Shit. Chad, Chad. We should go outside and make some fucking nice ass signs and, you know, just not fucking go home, bro. I'm, I'm sick of this. Bruh, straight up. So you, you guys know how I sports bet and shit, right? Uh, I'm not going to say my bookie's name, but my bookie's, you know, he's a lot older. And I talked to him. He checked in on me to see how I was doing. And he told me he was headed out to HB on Saturday. And I was like, what the fuck are you going to do that for? He's like, oh, you know, I just created a sign that says uh, China or North Korea is looking for a new dictator. Gavner Newsom, you should head over there. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. And I was like, oh, you probably you probably can get some rocks thrown at you, man. He's like, well, if it gets shitty, I'll just leave. <laughs> Good response, right? Yeah. yeah. But that looked a lot more shitty than I anticipated. <coughs> Everybody is out there, all news broadcast companies. It was wild. It's really funny. I mean, how do you how do you feel about like everything? I know you were saying you were kind of putting your two cents in earlier. You kind of understand on their side, Jeff. So I'm like on the fence about it cuz like the situation's weird, right? You don't want to be so overprotective of the situation and you don't want to be like under. You know what I mean? It's like, "Oh, people should be able to go outside." You know what I mean? Get their mental sense of mind. Like you can't just be trapped in the fucking house all the time. Definitely. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to be that person that's getting someone else sick. You know what I mean? You don't know where the fuck it's coming from. Like or just being careless about it. Yeah, you, you could be that one person out of everyone you know that's always going out. You know what I mean? And eventually someone gets sick. But, you know, I totally understand. I talked to my dad about it. He's like, people have businesses and people want to open back up because the stimulus check or whatever isn't enough to keep them afloat. So yeah. talk to my cousin about it, too. You know, the house that we went to to go lift. Yeah. He's like, you know... Like, people literally can't afford to put food on the table for their family. So they fucking need to go back to work. This shit's fucking driving them insane. And it's that's a realistic situation for everybody. You know, I'm blessed to have, like, a roof over my head and still be able to work, too, and be okay. And I know a lot of people my age or even older, like, aren't as comfortable as me. So, like, I'm right in the middle. I wish, like, there is a way for the beaches to be more controlled so that people can still go out and like the social distancing thing can happen. But it's, it's really hard to balance, but I, I, I still think he's making the right decision for closing down the beaches, at least for now. Cause if, if it starts spreading again and we have to shut down every fucking thing again, that's, that's what sucks. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like we're just going to start from scratch again. Companies may have to go over furlough, start laying off people. Like I have a homie that got hired at Boeing and he's doing well, but like now that people aren't flying, he may be at risk of losing this job. Damn. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's a really good job too. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's all totally, that's like definitely totally understandable. But they should have never opened up the beaches, to be honest, like from the start. Like mm-hmm. why, like if you're going to open stuff up, that is like the worst place to open up first because people are going to flock to it, especially it's now starting to get hot exactly. and shit like that. Like summer's like around the corner, like literally. And like, it's the worst time to do that. And, and you can't, you can't treat it like a grocery store. You can't just have somebody at the entrance and like, Hey, hold on. We're at capacity right now. You got to wait till somebody leaves. It's the fucking beach. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I went to the beach today cause I rode to the, I rode my bike down the riverbed and got there and yeah, it was pretty empty on the H on the Huntington beach side, but on the Newport side, that shit had like people that were out there and stuff and you can't, and then cops pulled up and like, we're telling them to get out of the water and stuff, but you can't really. You can't control that. You can't stop that, you know? So that that was, like, the worst thing they should, they opened up. They should have fucking opened up a fucking Buffalo Wild Wings and make motherfuckers wait outside or something in the line and shit. Like, just open up small stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, but no, the, and I totally agree with the HB thing. Like, I mean, the, like, you want to protest it and stuff, but it's like, I just find it funny because it's like, those people that are protesting it are those motherfuckers that are in HB and, and 
they're I feel like a lot of those people are the same people that get mad at other people protesting stuff about like people getting killed by cops and people yeah. taking a fucking knee during a football game. It's yep. like that is disrespectful that these people are doing that. But but you guys coming out and complaining about having to, have to sit at home in your nice ass house in Huntington Beach probably like yeah I know the money thing too but it's like I feel like a lot of those people out there they just wanted to cause ruckus and I probably sound like how they There's, think about yeah, you know, sure. Black Lives Matter and shit like that but it's funny to it's me. It's fucking <laughs> true. And a lot of people are on Twitter talking about like, oh, it's crazy how they're not getting hit with tear gas and beanbags and all this other shit. It's like, yeah, it is a little white privilege yep. to the times 10, you know? Yeah. And they're like all these like photos of people like pulling up places like with guns, like aren't like armed and shit, like upset about stuff. And it's like, God, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I saw that. I think I saw that tweet where it was just like a bunch of guys with masks on and they had like AR rifles. And there's more than, like, five of them. Yeah. And nobody was, like, fucking with them. It was like, oh, they're just protesting. Dude. And somebody said, imagine if color, people with color did that, this wouldn't go down the way it did. 100%. Yeah. Oh, my God, definitely. Especially, like, if you were to even take, like, when the whole concentration camps thing were happening, if there was, like, a lot of Hispanic people out there and they maybe had guns, too, and shit were out there, like, they'd <laughs> but, like, cops would be like, hey, yo, go, go check those niggas' receipts really quick. Like... <laughs> Like, it would not be handled the same, and that's what's unfair about it, and that's what makes me upset and be like, these guys are fucking idiots, but it's just me being a hater, even though my mom's white, I'm half white, I have a bit of privilege myself, but <laughs> it's just annoying to me. It's true, but you don't really reap the benefits of of that, because you are on the darker side, if I were to assume. Oh, uh, yeah, but I still get the benefits of being a lighter, like, like oh, yeah, we yeah. grew up with, like, Milan and Raleigh and, like, other friends that are, like, obviously darker than me. It's not that hard to be darker than me. I have Mexican friends that are darker than me, and, like, I definitely get the ben- – I I can totally feel the benefit I get from it, like, how more people are trustworthy with me, or they're just like, oh, he's probably nice. Yeah. He's light-skinned. I feel that. Well, and I, I am kind of nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice with it. So, are – being being an essential worker in a hospital, are you? Would you be fucking mad if this shit spiked up? Yeah, I would definitely be mad because like, um, so as of lately, like what we did is we shut down a whole tower. So this tower has, uh, I believe, four floors, and each floor holds like twenty three rooms. So when the whole pandemic started, we slowed everything down. We shut down that tower, and now all those employees are coming to us, and we're staying we're staying in one building. So we have all these COVID-19 patients going to our floor, right? And as of lately, like, because of how, I guess, how fast, like, people are deteriorating from it, people are changing their, like, resuscitation stuff. So, like, if you guys don't know, when they get older, they can either be, like, a full code or they can be, like, DNR, do not resuscitate. So if if any if at any moment they're taking, you know, you can either save their life if they're full code, but if they're DNR, you just kind of like give them comfort care and they die. So a lot of people diagnosed with this, they're, they're becoming DNR. And like, oh. these are like 60 year olds. Do you know what I mean? Is so that, like they're dying. Is and that because you, of the ventilator problem? The, and no, this has nothing to do with the ventilator problem. This is just because their lungs have deteriorated so, so bad that there's the ventilator is not going to do anything. It'd just mm-hmm. be like having a comatose body for a second on the ventilator. And like the family is just sitting there. And they're just kind of pretty much so what you're saying, they're kind of just like, you're probably going to take up space, so we're just going to let you go because you eventually are going to end up Exactly. Going. There's okay. no coming back from it. So, and, like, when that happens, there's a specific, like, way we get rid of these bodies in the mortuary. Like, we're stacking them in fridges in the car or, in like, the back of a truck because, like, families can't go to the um, burial site because they're at risk of contacting it. And I don't know if you guys saw that thing in the news, but there was like a couple of U-Haul trucks found with like positive COVID-19 bodies. I was like, see, they don't know where where to get rid of these bodies. So that's that's the only thing I'm worried about, like getting another influx of these people. Because like realistically, if it was one of your friends or family members that that you're dealing with, you're going to feel so different about the situation. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's fucking nuts. So it's like, like, yeah, damn, it is what it is. I just don't want that to happen to me or anyone else. And then... You know what I mean? People at my hospital are going to get sick. Hopefully not as bad, but you never know. Everybody's situation is different. Yeah. Damn. Damn, that shit's, 
This shit is fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, but that puts it in a very, like, different perspective, especially for me. Like, I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, that is real. Like, you pointed out stuff that, like, yeah, I definitely did see. Like, the bodies in the U-Haul. Yeah. And, like, it's starting to rot and smell and shit like that. And, like, you talking about it and, like, you're obviously going through that. Like, having to deal with that. I'm like, damn. Yeah, you have to double bag their body. Then you have to, like, literally, like, iron the bag so that there's no air escaping it. it's sealed. Yeah. And it's just, like, um, when, when these people are dying, it's almost just, like, Oh, we expected this to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's just another day. It's not like, oh, they're dying. What the fuck is going yeah, on? Inevitable. What can we do? Yeah. Like, oh, just another like, one is like falling yeah, like, off. All right, go through the process. And it's like, oh, my floor is like one step away from them being discharged home. So they're still pretty stable, but they can't go home yet. You know what I mean? It's either like, oh, we'll see how they progress. But if not, we just take care of them until further notice because no one's going to send a positive patient back to a nursing home because no one wants an outbreak there. Yeah. So yeah. like they're kind of sitting there and they have a choice to either keep this person alive or if they start dying, let what, it be. What's the recovery rate right now? I have no idea what the recovery rate it's, it's so like up in the air and like, even with like the confirmed cases, I feel like a lot of it's exaggerated. Like there's been something going around saying like for every hospital that's um, considered to have a confirmed patient, they get paid this, this much money. So I don't know if, like, hospitals are lying about it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of, like, weird business shit going on with That's, this. So I don't know. This is what me and Brian were talking about. Brian, Brian's a friend of ours. And he said— Somebody we know. Yeah, somebody we know. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. And he brought up the, the, the fact that all these high-end c- celebrities that are, you know, coming out and saying that they have COVID-19, none of them are talking about how bad it is. And he thinks that they're getting paid to say that they have it. Yeah. And it— A little conspiracy— why not yeah i know yeah definitely why not like why not just have a few celebrities say that they that they maybe have it and it's like oh it's not that bad though like i feel fine like i'm just at home so they're making it to where it's like okay it is very real because people we love and look up to or whatever have it but at the same time they're saying like yeah it's just a normal thing so it's like it's preparing you for two things kind of it's like it's not that bad if you get it but you should stay inside Probably enough about COVID, but can we transition into something real quick before we get to the last dance? What is it, though? I want to ask you guys what you guys think about the Pentagon releasing the video of two different unidentified objects in the air, a.k.a. UFOs. And what what a better time to do do that than right now, because nobody's fucking paying attention about that. They're worried about COVID. Yeah, and that's like, that's a, like obviously that can be a whole nother, like conspiracy theory, because I think it's always been like, They've always had stuff to show us and give us, but they're just like, hey, like if we throw this shit out there right now, nobody's really going to make that big of a deal about it. It's just going to be like, oh, wow, they're talking about that now. Like, okay, but this shit over here that's going on is, you know, this is in my face right now. This is something I got to deal with every day. Uh And it's just, it is very interesting. It is interesting. I think it's a fucking bunch of horseshit. Not that I don't believe in UFOs. I think it's a bunch of horseshit that they release something like this and they know they're not going to give any more information about it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like baiting you to be like so curious about something where it's so almost, I mean, you can find stuff about it online, but you just don't know which articles are real, which ones are not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can only go so far. It's just like fucking bullshit. Like I really want to know where the fuck you guys see these things. What are they? Come on, somebody in the Pentagon knows what the or, fuck is going on. Why did you decide to tell us now? Yeah. Like exactly. why? Like that's the biggest thing. It's like why? Why now? Like what are you like I feel like they're going to just really start hitting us with a lot of stuff and it's going to be like we're like going to become so numb to it cuz like a lot of shit is happening right now. So why not? Like a big time celebrity died at the beginning of the year that everybody fucking loves. Um this COVID-19 shit is fucking going on. We don't know if uh Kim Jong Un or whatever is dead or not. <laughs> Fucking, we got UFOs. Like, what the fuck else? Like, we're going to have, like, somebody come out and say that they're the second coming of Jesus this year. Like, is that going to happen next? Like, you know, or, like, what the fuck else is going to happen? Like, there's, and it's, I feel like it's making us so used to taking these hits now. Speaking of that, you brought up a good point the other night saying, why would they give us, you know, all this hope about extraterrestrial life when that could just potentially damage the whole idea of religion? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, because that's so gonna hurt true. a lot of. Yeah, that's gonna, that would hurt so many. Like, I mean, I'm religious myself, not yeah, crazy, but yeah. that would definitely make a lot of people think it's gonna shake the fucking ground if it's like, oh yeah, there's there's other life forms out there, and, and we have like, one in yeah. our refrigerator. Yeah, in Area 51, fresh, never frozen. Wait, random, random question because I totally forgot that Kim Jong Un was like 
dead or is he? I don't they, know. They came out and said that he wasn't dead. Yeah. They were like, oh, people were saying like, oh, yeah, we saw him or something. And I don't know if they said that we saw him like that, but. They, they like, said, so I, I read an article that said uh, he was in a vegetative state. After a botched yeah. heart surgery or something like that, yeah. right? If anybody's got a clone, it's that nigga, though. I'll say <laughs> that. Like, straight up. <laughs> like, if they, like, if later on in, like, October, if we get hit with, like, oh, this is actually a Kim Jong-un fucking uh, clone. Like, oh, damn. I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. That fool has all the power over there. It's like, dude, who who really paid this surgeon to, like... Oh, and then fuck his whole- shit up. Do you know what I mean? Like that's some fucking high money shit for someone to go through. That there's no way this fool got like Donald Trump would pay him. <sighs> nah, mean? but there's nah. They would. It's just too much of a risk. Hell no. Nah. You think you're getting out of there after killing this nigga? Like your whole family? They probably bombed the whole hospital if that happened. Yeah. Like it's just like, oh, this happened on your guys' watch. It's like when you're at home with your fucking siblings and your parents come home and you guys did some shit you guys weren't supposed to. It's like all oh, y'all niggas are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's what it would be like. I just I just point back to the the uh, the military guy that ran from North Korea to South Korea and he got shot several times and they came out and said like oh yeah that guy's family's for sure dead for doing that <sighs> I know sips alcohol I know right pop this open real quick it's I, a crazy fucking year right 2020 is a fucking oh weird God. ass year like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> and if and if this was happening when Obama was in 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 office I would just say this like people that love Trump, they would be like, "Oh, thanks, Obama!" Like you know how like that. Like mm-hmm. they would be so vocal about it. But now it's like it's all of a sudden. I don't hear people saying it's the president's fault at all. Yeah. Even though obviously it's not, because I feel like there was some stuff that like it wasn't Obama's fault that he that they blamed him for. But it's like they're so quiet now. Like I, now it's not the person who's in charge. It's not his fault anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, and thank God we got this Jordan documentary to make us think about other shit. Yeah. <laughs> past, past Tiger King. Motherfuckers. Yeah, truth. Oh, right. Let's fuck go. you, Carol Baskin, still. <laughs> still fuck Carol Baskin. Hey, real talk, though, that Carol Baskin remix to That Savage is better than the actual song. That whole killed her husband, whacked him. Facts. <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> That's just a banger, dude. Auto bang. You know what it is. The Last Dance documentary. If you haven't been watching it, you've been sitting underneath a rock, not doing shit with your life, you motherfucker. Go do yourself a favor and watch that goddamn documentary. How do you guys feel about that shit? Episode five and six, out now. And honestly, probably the two, the the best two episodes that came out. Like, if uh, for it being like the third week or whatever, like, that those two were fucking really good episodes. Yeah, out of, out of all six, me and Jeffrey, I think concur that five is the best i i really love four though as well it's it's kind of hard for me because four talk about rodman straight up just fucking booking the oh actually that was five when he booked to vegas was it no 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 four four was rodman four was rodman Rodman. okay because three three was scotty four was rodman and then um and then now these two uh one wolf five or whatever is about kind of Kobe. He sees Kobe or whatever at the beginning and it's, it's like almost an like all-star break. Like the passing of the torch. Like nobody knew this was the passing of the torch, but it, you know what I mean? It's just like, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's the question I had for you guys written down. Um, do you guys think that anybody in that all-star locker room knew that Kobe was going to be the next big thing that, that season? Nah. I don't think so either. Not a clue. Nah. And especially like, I mean, like they gave him a lot of props too, which was really cool. But, like, Grant Hill was in that game. Penny Hardaway. I feel like Penny Hardaway probably felt a certain way. That was yeah. the first year that he lost Shaq. And now they're, like, sitting there. Like, I feel like there was a moment where, like, the camera Penny panned. was in the background. And Penny kind of just looked like, I mean, yeah, he's an all-star. But it's kind of awkward, you know. They're talking about Kobe. And Kobe's Shaq's new fucking sidekick or whatever. And, like, that was interesting. But, like, Grant Hill was a baller. But Grant Hill, like, balled out that year. He still that was, that was before he got hurt. So, and then Eddie Jones was there. Like, I don't think that they thought Kobe was going to be that dude like that, though. I'm so glad that Kobe didn't kiss Jordan's ass, though. You see them passing each other in the hallway, and it's just like a ass slap. It's like, I, I see you. Yeah, yeah. Just like a slap and, slap and go. Slap ass. Well, that's because they both have that, like, competitive spirit, right? Like, someone that you're trying to, like, be better than, you're not going to be like, yo, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, I'll see you on the court. And I'm just going to do whatever I have to do, and then I'll see you next game. You know what I mean? And then we'll move on. Once we're on the court, it's just like, you're not my friend. Yeah. 
and he didn't fanboy out. And to be honest, I think there is. I think there will be more Kobe stuff because it was only like the first five minutes or whatever. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved just like that. It was just that little bit, just like his first like recorded interaction of what he thought of like Kobe and shit. Yeah, because that's already making me want more. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't give all the Kobe stuff right now. Yeah. But I, out of all those people in that room at the All Star game, that's why I asked you guys a question. I think Jordan knew that he saw too much of himself in Kobe. Yeah, and it's funny because I bet you the way Jordan was talking shit was the way that the the all-star team probably talked shit on him when he was going in for the first time. They're like, oh, that nigga just shoots a lot. Like, he yeah. can't wait to like, get back <laughs> on the other end. That was like, that's so funny. And it's funny because I looked up stats for that game, and Jordan took 18 shots in that game, in that all-star game, and he did obviously win MVP, and it shows it. Uh, Kobe took fucking 16 shots that game, <laughs> so Kobe was right there with him. As, Eddie, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was really funny. As a rook. No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't his rookie season. Oh, was it was like his second year. It's funny because the stats aren't even like that great, too. Because he was drafted 96, oh, 96, right, yeah. 97, and 97, 98. He's, it's his second year. Yeah. He made the all-star team. Four Lakers made the all-star team that year. That just oh, shows ben you. Axel, too. Yeah, Van Exel, Eddie, all those niggas. Ray Allen didn't make it. Ray Allen arguably had better stats than Kobe that season. But, yeah. The editing on that episode is so fucking dope because everyone knows fucking Kobe is a fucking god on the basketball court. So when, like, they see people talking shit, oh, that little Laker kid's just going to shoot a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? And literally, like, maybe 15 seconds later, who is it? Grant Hill is like, oh, no, I'm not trying to get put up on a poster by that kid. You know what I mean? So it's like they go from talking shit to be like, oh, you better watch out for this fool because he'll fucking dunk on you. I was like, yeah, "Yeah." that's true. Everyone knew he was athletic coming out of high school. You know what I mean? Just like an offensive monster yeah jordan just looked at him and is like yep i agree i agree with it he's like get a rebound he's like saying something like, i would not pass him the ball get a rebound if you want to shoot the motherfucker yeah because you, you never seen jordan take any of his teammates underneath his wing you know until it became time for him to beat the pistons beat the bad boys and for him to do that to kobe kobe was there asking him a quick question about how he turns around and hits a, a fadeaway Kobe said that he gave him like a pretty good detailed like answer to it and stuff. I wish he he would have said that answer. You know what I mean? Like, cause the fact that he gave us that little bit of background on that situation just made like that whole moment for when they're like standing side by side during the game. And I was like, that's fucking so dope. Yep. You know what I mean? To have this guy that's the top of the league to give you advice, and you know that this advice was money because look at what happened with Kobe. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah. dude, what the fuck did this whole tell him exactly? Like. And the context, too, behind all those photos of them playing against each other in that All-Star game, which are legendary photos. There's so many sick photos from that game of them guarding each other. But that one in particular now where they're, like, hunched over and they're, like, somebody shooting a free throw and they're both leaning against, like, like that's obviously the moment where he was asking them or whatever. Like, that just makes it even more of an iconic photo. And we'll be posting that one for sure. (laughs) Do you think Jordan was betting on those games that he was playing in? No. He said he only ever bet it, bet it himself. Like, that nigga pretty much, like, <laughs> I feel like that's what that means. You know, nah. I mean, I I want to say no because the spotlight was so much on him that any mistake that he made, he knew if he got caught up with that, it would just fuck everything over. You know what I mean? I feel like he was very conscious about his business decisions. Like we said, you know, Republicans buy shoes too. Yeah, I know. that nigga's a businessman. So I compare this situation to Pete Rose for baseball lovers, but as a, as a gambling man myself, I know how hard it is to, you know, admit to being borderline addicted to it because it, it is an addiction. You get used to something, you get used to money, like winning all the time. I can, I can see him actually betting on games like it turning into that probably was like not, not a, not a malicious intent with the golf course shit. And then it eventually spilled over to his basketball life. Yeah. And that's what I mean, too, is, like, I don't think he did it all the time. Like, especially in the playoffs, I don't think that nigga did it. But I think if he was, like, if, like, when he was on the Bulls and they were obviously really good and he saw, like, the fucking Washington Bullets were on the on, on schedule for this week, like, oh, man, I could see that nigga be like, shit, I'm about to put 200000 down that we beat in fucking the Wizards or the Bullets by 10 points at least, you know? Like, I can see that every now and then, you know? I can picture him doing that. And I just love that that little clip of him like playing that game with the security guards. That shit was fucking amazing. Like I love that. I, I, that's just like raw footage of Jordan being hella competitive and just like being a nigga. <laughs> the sniffs. That that guy's oh, pretty. Yeah. Fun. yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Jordan shrug.
So how do you think Clyde Drexler feels watching <laughs> at least like that episode? I like, feel I feel like they just put him in it to shit on to shit on him real quick. But was was Clyde in his prime at that time? Yeah, they were like arguably the two best, like two guards. Like it like yeah. Clyde Drexler goes underappreciated. Yeah. Especially with like a lot of people putting him over or just under uh Julius Irving. You you always say Julius Irving's name before you put Drexler's Clyde Clyde, name. Yeah. yeah. I would, hell yeah. I would put I would put yeah, Irving, yeah. But if you're the second best player in the league at that time, where you know, superstars are emerging. You have Charles Barkley. You got, I mean, you had Bird at the the end of his career. Magic leaving the league. I don't think it was that bad for him. I don't. I, I don't when you said earlier that you felt like it kind of shitted on him, I don't think it did because like Jordan, I think what like Jordan is the goat and like was already kind of being like talked about like he was the goat. Like fucking Larry Bird won MVP that season where they played each other in the playoffs, and he said he was like God out there, like Jesus out there playing basketball, like. How's the best player in the league saying that this nigga is like a fucking god on the yeah. court? Like, so people, it was already kind of known. And then, uh, like Charles Barkley was like, "Well, if you're gonna lose to somebody, lose to Michael Jordan." Like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it's like I think, like even though it is kind of like there's bad moments about it, it still is very much a, a tip of the hat to, to to Drexler. What's cool is the, the transition from episodes one through four to five and six is. I, I was telling you guys how I felt like episodes one through four were catered to people that don't really watch basketball. It's like a, here's Michael Jordan. This is how great he was. And now you kind of get into the, the genius behind it all. Yeah. You, they start talking about the triangle offense and how they implemented it and got rid of Doug, uh, Doug Collins and brought in Phil Jackson. That shit is pretty crazy. It's a lot more in depth than just, you know, basketball, the yeah. science behind it. Yeah. I, what I love most about it is like the attitude that he has, like that competitive spirit, like he would take whatever fucking lit a, f- fire underneath his ass and he fucking fueled it you know what i mean to the maximum like any given reason you had to like piss off michael jordan he will fucking use that against you and fucking destroy you yeah like when they're saying oh jordan and clyde you know what i mean and jordan's like the fact that they compared me to clyde i was offended by that and he told magic the night before while they were playing cards i'm gonna fucking ball out on this full pretty much and he just hits Back-to-back threes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this guy doesn't really shoot threes like that. Yeah, they disrespect. Talk, they talk about Jordan and Pippen playing for thousands and thousands of dollars, and then Paxson's over there playing blackjack with, uh, like, Armstrong and all the other guys that don't really have that kind of money. And then Jordan goes over there, and he's like, hey, what you guys doing? He's like, oh, you you, you don't want to play he's here like, with us, Jordan. we're playing dollar hands. Yeah, we're playing dollar hands. He's like... Well, I just I just want you guys' money in my pocket. Yeah, it's just like it's like why do you want to play with us? Like we're playing dollar hands. Why do you want to play with us? Cause I want to say I got your money in my pocket, and yep. it's like, damn, uh-huh. <laughs> fucking asshole, some bully shit, <laughs> like some bully shit, like that shit is so funny, and it's very interesting because like I I always like I've seen like different conspiracy theories. I've seen like I was telling you earlier with Jordan and the gambling, and that's like why he left the NBA or like. And different things like that. You guys can look those things up on YouTube, like Jordan conspiracies uh, with the gambling. But I just like when it went so into detail with everything, I didn't know that. And that it would be amazing to experience a superstar in the league going through what he went through at that time right now. Like if it was LeBron, like if this came out about LeBron, like how much the, e- the media would probably chew him the fuck up. Yeah. So it probably was like that for Jordan. But in the doc, they made it seem like, oh, poor Jordan, you guys are bullying him and yeah. shit like that. Dude, like nobody ever talks bad about that guy. Yeah, like it, legit, it seems like that. <laughs> it's so fucking true because th- that's why I bring up Pete Rose. I know you guys don't really know who Pete Rose is, but. I mean, give an explain like, because I had to ask you earlier, so I know people are going to be curious. Like, if you had to just give a quick summary okay. of who Pete Rose so is and, Pete, like, what happened. Pete Rose is a baseball player that was one of the best hitters of all time, if not the best. And he goes underappreciated now because he has a asterisk on his name for betting on sports. And at a time when he was playing, he would only bet on himself to win. But when he, when he became a manager, they're, they're saying that he threw games. And Pete Rose wasn't necessarily the face of the game, but he was one of the hardest work, like hardest playing players that ever played baseball. Yeah, but he wasn't known to be a great GM though, or a great he... a great baseball manager. Oh, gr- bas- oh, okay, manager. Okay, but manager. He, as a player, he was a killer. Oh, but he was a bad manager. Now, 
he's got that asterisk next to his name, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily the face of baseball. Imagine doing that to Jordan. That's the greatest base, the greatest basketball player of all time. Did they know for sure that Pete Rose did that? Oh yeah, facts. And he admits to it now. And he, oh, that he threw games. Uh, not through games. He won't admit to that, but oh. he bet on himself. See, then I think I think the reason why they would treat somebody like that if he was like kind of supposed to be like one of the faces of baseball, they probably know for a fact that he did it, and they're like, we're just going to fucking hold this against you because he's not in the Hall of Fame, right? No, he has a baseball ban. Yeah, see, then that's probably why they did it because it's like, we know that you did it. We're not going to come out and throw you under the bus and say it or whatever it might be or what the fuck ever. Yeah. But, like, I feel like to do that to him, they, they had to have. Yeah, like, so he was banned from all all baseball. Uh, he couldn't step foot in the stadium. And they just lifted that, like, a year or two ago. But he, he still can't be in a, in an office. Damn. Or, or in the Hall of Fame. That's funny. That sucks. And his numbers are ridiculous, bro. But I also wanted to ask you back back to Jordan. to Jordan and Kobe. Do you guys, you know, Air Jordan, Nike, you know how he wanted to sign with Adidas. Adidas had uh, big shoes out there and they didn't sign Jordan. And you also have Kobe that signed to Adidas and they, they both have those similarities and they both ended up being Nike athletes. Do you think that Jordan's shoes would be what they are today if he signed with Adidas? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with AJ. I think there's like, Okay, so it's hard because, like, you have the whole Jordan hype, right? So everyone wants to be like Mike. If he wore Adidas, then I think people would still buy the shoes. But behind the design, you have Tinker Hatfield. Like, you know what I mean? That just came in with, like, some classic-ass fucking Jordan colorways. Or just designs in general. Like, everyone loves the Jordan ones. But I'm a big fan of, like, a bunch of fucking Jordans and, like, hats off to Tinker. You know, Jordan did not develop those fucking shoes. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you had... This fucking guy that was rocking the league for so long. And I think he was one of the first ones to like come out with like multicolored shoes. Like black, white, and red. You know what I mean? For it to be acceptable. He was getting fined. I remember like this is like one of my favorite things is I used to love sneakers. Or at least I used to think I really love sneakers. But um, and it's actually just Snickers that I like. And that's why I'm as big as, <laughs> but, uh, that, uh, he, um, he got fined every time he would wear those black and red, the black and red colorway, and Nike would just pay that. And that's another thing that makes me think like he never, the shoes would have never been that dope. Cause Adidas, they, first of all, they didn't offer him, like they said in the doc, they didn't offer him as much money as Nike did. Nike threw like all their money at him. And like that being said, Nike was putting him as the face of Nike and everybody loved Mike, which made them love Nike. It was a trickle down effect. Yeah, they needed each other. But I don't think Adidas would have been like, this is our this is the face of Adidas. Like, I think they it was Adidas first and then everybody falls under. Yeah, they said that they weren't ready to offer a athlete his own shoe yet. Yeah. And on top of that, like they said, Nike before he signed, Nike was a track shoe, right? Initially. And then when Jordan got on it, it became a basketball shoe, but it came, it became like a, a shoe that you would rock outside of basketball. You know what I mean? Like Fashion. you had Mars Blackman with Spike Lee, like don't step on my Jordans. You know what I mean? Like these were shoes, like anyone that could get their hands on Jordans. And it's still like this to this day. I see people our age or older that still have like a fresh ass pair of like 11s on and they fucking cherish those shoes. And like, I totally understand like people love these shoes fucking 20 years ago and they're still going to love them now. Yeah. Definitely. And like, uh, yeah, I'm very much a big fan of like all the other, the, the other numbers and stuff. I think from like one to like 14 are fire as fuck. And then you get to like 19 and 20 and those ones are dope. And then they kind of get crazy. But I think the Jordan ones are like the most iconic, like greatest, like sneaker of all time, like all time. Like, I don't think anything compares to it. Like when it, especially when they dropped and stuff. Like they expected to make like three million, and how much did they say that they made? Like hundred and twenty-two million. Yeah, like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, off the ones only. Yeah, like that's amazing. That's amazing. But you also have the Elevens because when the Space Jams came out, you had the Space Jam Elevens that came out. Yeah, and it's funny because like I think because of like the the silhouette of like the Jordan ones and how like people rock like simpler colors now, you could just wear Jordan ones with anything. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? But when the 11s came out, like, I knew so many people that would fucking give an arm and a leg for 11s. Yep. And then, yeah. So it's kind of switched around now. You know what I mean? Like, everyone wants the ones. Yeah. Bro, it, seem, it, seem, it only seems like yesterday people were getting killed over them. You know? Yeah. You don't hear about it too much now. But it's back... Just, yeah. I remember there was a Christmas drop for um, a cool gray a cool gray concept, and somebody got shot over them in a parking lot, and then you'd hear people getting stabbed over them. 
Yeah. People love their Jordans. Yep. It's just way safer now to buy them too because you can just like order them online. And of course, it's like it's taking the beauty out of it, especially like people resellers. Shout out to you guys for sure. Like I wish I was able to do that. Like fucking buy shoes and then flip them and stuff like that. Like that is definitely a hustle on its side on its own. But it, like you hear about it all the time. It's like fucked up the, the sneaker culture because it's yeah. just like people are buying it to resell that shit at a yeah. fucking high price. And it's just so it takes away from people that actually love and cherish the shoe. That- yeah. Yeah, definitely. Who would like really want it just because they want to wear them. They actually want to put like use to them and stuff. But I mean, I understand both sides of it. But Jordan, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan did a good job by going to Nike. He listened to his mom. Uh, yeah, so, like, just even looking back at the whole gambling thing with Jordan and kind of talking about how different it would have been now if, like, LeBron had been somebody that had to go through that, it kind of just made me think of, like, how he responded. You know, they, he, they went down to 0-2, he left to go gamble, he got a whole bunch of shit about it. Then he, what he did, he came back and he did the interview. He wore the shades. Yeah, with the mod. Yeah, probably drunk as fuck because, you know, that nigga's eyes are yellow now because he'd be off that yak. But uh, so he probably got like, you know, I mean, that's understandable. Have a few drinks, do an interview and shit. But um, like he just, and he responded to it. He came back, balled out, fucking closed out the series, beat the Knicks. And like, it just made me think of other players that had adversity and, how they responded to it. Like Kobe had the rape charge. Kobe was flying to Denver and like doing his shit with the court and then coming back and playing in playoff games and playing in games and still balling out pretty much getting food to shit. Yeah. And, and Gilbert arenas, the gun thing happened. His career kind of, kind of slowed down after that. Uh, Derek Rose had the whole like rape allegations thing against him too. His career kind of started to get really shaky to where people didn't think that some people thought that he didn't belong in the league. And then now he's kind of like built it back up and stuff like that. But I mean, do you guys, if a player comes back and they respond well to it, do you guys, cause that make you guys think kind of maybe like, Oh, maybe it didn't happen or not exactly. Cause everybody, there's some, there's some guys that just, you know, like Adrian Peterson. Oh, totally. To- totally. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez, guys that are guilty as fuck, but at the end of the day, they're just superior athletes, and there's nothing that you can do to to stop that. You can only put a nerf on it, so to speak. So maybe they might not rush for 150 yards, but he'll get, get you a touchdown in 100 yards that game. Yeah, still show up to work. I don't know if we, I'm going into this too early, but like when they had assembled the Dream Team, and they had that legendary scrimmage, and... Magic was, like, talking shit to Jordan. You know what I mean? I was like, and it's good. Like, dude, I, I love those kind of, those kinds of, like, pickup games where, like, you play with your boys and you guys talk shit because, like, you know what I mean? That's just the way some games should be played. If it's too friendly, it's kind of too boring. You know what I mean? You kind of need that shit talking to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Let, let it be known at the end of the game. At the end of the day, Jordan's team won. And they're <laughs> saying how, like, everyone was quiet on the bus. You know what I mean? Like... Silence. And then Magic was just like, maybe we shouldn't have gotten mad. And everyone just started busting up laughing. And they're like that. I, I love the practice like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's so yeah. fucking dope, dude, that it, they just blew that all off. Yeah. Just an icebreaker for 12 killers, pretty much, or who, how many of them they were. Yeah. Let, let's rattle them off. Who Who was on that dream team? Uh, So... On the dream team itself, of course, the team captain, because that nigga chose everybody pretty much, because you know he didn't choose Isaiah. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Michael Jordan. We have Scottie Pippen. We have Christian Leitner, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson. Such a nasty-ass fucking team. Oh that is very gosh. nasty. And you know what's fucked up? Well, because like they in the in the dream documentary, Shaq talks about it. Like Shaq felt like he should have been him as like the college player. I think it was exactly because it's 92 and I think he was drafted in 92. Like Shaq should be on this team. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Isaiah too, but like, yeah, like Christian Lane, what the fuck? I mean, this is a Duke, the Duke guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's America's team and Duke, you know, that's pretty much America's college basketball team. So, you, you know, they had to put him on there. Yeah. 
God, that made me it made me miss basketball so much. Just the the intensity and magic saying like, oh, this must be like the NBA. Jordan's getting every call and he throws the ball in the stands and shit. <laughs> like it, it just it made me miss playing pe- pickup basketball with you guys and like all 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 like the homies and shit like that. And like it being a, an intense game and everyone just mad and just quiet after and just like not saying shit to each other. Or like you get walking by them to get water and you give them dapper or whatever. And you just give them like a fucking like you're not really responding. You just slap their hand kind of thing. And then after it's like. Like, well, if this nigga didn't call a foul every time, <laughs> then it, like, it turns into, like, it being fun and funny and shit like that. Because at the end of the day, it's just a game. But Ball's life, it brings people together and shit like that. So it's so fun. Like, I miss it. So let's talk about, on that Dream Team, what happened. Because, you know, they went against Tony Kukoc, who would later be a Chicago Bulls affiliate. You know what I mean? Yep. That show was pretty funny. It's like Tony Kukoc was just like, had no fucking idea what the fuck was about to happen to him game one, you know, to, yeah. against each other. So, uh, for the people that wa- watch the documentary, you guys know that Tony Kukoc was drafted in the second round, and everybody that picked by handpicked by Jerry Krause himself, the Bulls GM, Pippen and Jordan would go at right. Yeah, they would feel like a certain way about him just because, like, Jerry Krause was very out loud about like. Being a GM, a pretty much a GM is like, I'm looking to the future. Yeah, we're winning right now, but I'm setting myself up for greatness even later. And I think Coach is going to be that guy who's going to pretty much be able to take over Rodman. I mean, not Rodman, uh, Pippen's, like, role. his role. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? So they, like, went at him. And he had no idea. He's just a like guy dealing with real-world problems where his fucking, his, like, his country is, like, going to war and shit like that. Yeah, so backtracking a little bit before the Olympic team, Jordan and Pippen had just come off their second uh, championship, right? Yeah. And right after that, Coach was drafted, and he didn't know the backstory with the hate going on with Jerry Krause. Uh, so the team goes to Barcelona, and the first game that they play is against Croatia, team that Tony Kukoc is on. Young to- Tony Kukoc that can't come play in the NBA now because there's a war going on in Croatia. Yeah. And, and Croatia is like a solid ass basketball team, right? Like they're a team that's like expected to go the full length of yeah. the fucking Olympics too. Like go into the, into the gold medal game and stuff like that. So the first game that happens, uh, Jordan and Pippen tell the whole team, nobody fucking touch Kukoc. This is just me and Pippen right now. We got to We got to take care of this. And they frustrated the shit out of him. Pippen put him in a freaking body bag and picked him up full court, held him to only four points the whole game. Yep. And Kukoc was like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. So the very next game, they played each other. And and Kukoc fucking balled out. Well, like he yep. responded well, at least. Like he balled out as much as you can being a kid that is playing overseas against fucking the back-to-back champions and arguably the greatest fucking player of all time and shit. So like that, I thought that was pretty sick that he responded to it. Yeah, to get, to get 16 points on a team like that, you have great perimeter defenders and great... You know what I mean? Like, inside defenders. Like, to get 16 points against those guys would be fucking impossible. Yeah. Especially with them knowing and them wanting to shut you down. Like, them, like, deliberately, like, like this is my game in this game. Like, we're already going to win. And I think, I don't know, I, they didn't even win by that much, too. I felt, I felt like it wasn't that much First, for the dream team, at least, like, yeah. them playing the dream team. But uh, for the second game, I mean. But, like, yeah, for them, the two the defensive player of the year. Cause that's kind of like what Jordan was and shit and known for. And Scotty was arguably right there with him. Like that's crazy. You get 16 points. I mean, it's impressive in my eyes. Cause it yeah. tells them two things. It's like, I was picked by you guys and I'm showing up. So I'm, I'm ready to, for whatever you guys throw at me. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on with you guys over there, but I have shit going on myself with this war. So like kind of back off a little bit. That's some real shit. Like a straight war. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. and that's why he stayed after he got drafted. He stayed over there for two more years because he was making like way more money, and he was like winning MVPs. But besides that, it was a lot easier for him to be there with his family while this while this was happening. And yeah, it made me even more of a fan of him. And I like the way his reaction to when they cut to him. Now he's just like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like, <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, and that they were just like fucking complete assholes about it, and like. And now they have to kind of like double down and just like, yeah, we like he didn't know, but like you know, this is we were just going at Jerry. That's what we were mm-hmm. doing. It was nothing against him, but that's no, really it, it. Sucks for Jerry. Yeah, I mean, you you pointed something earlier. What about Jerry Jerry Krause loving you know guys and them going at it? 
going at it. Oh, yeah, like Danny Ainge when uh, fucking the Bulls played the Suns. Um, I guess Krause was like a huge fan of Danny Ainge saying he's a great defensive player. And obviously you have Jordan and Pippen. So there you go. Like, they're just going to fucking go at him, whoever he's guarding. Like, just fucking... Yeah. Fuck your shit up. And there was much. like a there was a part where the guy was guarding him and um and the announcer was just like, Oh, we're gonna award him with the purple heart because <laughs> Jordan was just like, Nigga, I'm just gonna fucking drop buckets on your head. Like that's it. Like just fucking give it to you. Like that that play where that nigga Jordan got the rebound and he waited, everybody started running back on defense and he was like the the second to last person to get over there other than the guy that was guarding him. And he still fucking just took that nigga to the rack. Like, yeah, that was against the Suns. Like, that was just amazing. Like, Jordan was just, God, those highlights are ridiculous, even to see now. Like, I, I, as a person who loves defense, I get frustrated seeing the shit he does. I'm like, how do you guard that? <laughs> do you think um, that Jordan really sabotaged Isaiah Thomas's rights to be on the Dream Team? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think he held a big part of it, but they're also backing it up saying, like, Isaiah Thomas has had his run of beefs with Magic and Bird. You know what I mean? Because they're yeah. the bad boys. They would fucking fuck you up. Like, I mean, in, in a sense, it's like you would want someone like that to be on your team, right? But I feel like after so many, like, arguments, just not liking how he plays, even though he's a great player, it would it would have fucked up their chemistry. You know what I mean? He would, he, Jordan even said, he's like, yeah, we fucking played great together like on the dream team if Isaiah Thomas was on the team it would have been different I'm not saying we would have been worse but it definitely would have had a different flow to the game yeah, yeah. he he admitted to it because you know J- John Stockton was a backup point guard for the dream team beneath magic yeah and he pointed out that yeah Isaiah Thomas is the second best point guard to ever play the game but he's not on this team because he's cancer yeah yeah, I don't think I don't think it was Jordan deliberately. I mean, they had that whole story where the guy called him like, "Well, who's going to play?" Yeah, without saying it though. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think he didn't do it himself, but I think there's just this like watching this documentary, there's just this godly aura of Michael Jordan to where everybody loves him and like every I think everybody felt that way about Isaiah, but it was like, "Oh, we definitely know Jordan doesn't like him and we don't want to make Jordan uncomfortable. This is an opportunity to say like, "No, we don't want Isaiah." You know, it just made it a lot easier because it was Jordan's league, like straight up. It shits on it shits on Stockton a little bit too, because Stockton's great in his own right, but yeah. he and Magic are two in a nutshell, so to speak, when it comes to like the assist game and that aspect of it all. Yeah, you think Stockton? I, I saw this on like first take. Do you think Stockton was greater than Isaiah? Like if you just look at both of their careers separately. Personally, I can't go into too much depth about it because I'm a little uneducated as far as, you know, people older than myself. Yeah. But from what I know and me studying the game, I, I think Isaiah is the more complete player. Yeah. Well, I, I can see that. But I think Stockton led the league in steals, which is like defensively, I have to give him credit. Because just looking at him, I, I wouldn't believe it, but the numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was a way better defender than Isaiah was. But he wasn't even the man on his own team. That's true. Yeah, well, yeah, he def- it definitely helped that he had that he had Carl uh, Malone. But he averaged like 14 assists like many damn times, which is very impressive. And... It's hard to even knock him for that because I feel like it's like the Steve Nash shit almost. Like he's like Steve Nash on like I was gonna say on on crack. And it sucks that you got to compare white players to white players. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, but Stockton was a better defender for sure. But just like the what Steve Nash brought, like to where the stats weren't crazy, but the dude like was there for you know the floor general. Who was the coach for the Dream Team? I think it was the Detroit coach. That's what made it even funnier, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Was it? Coach, yeah, oh, yeah the, the actual random. coach for the fucking... His name starts Chuck, with the C. Chuck Daly. Yeah, Chuck. Or Chuck... Chuck uh, is that what it is? I think it's Chuck Daly. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be hippie boy Phil. Shout out to fucking Phil Jackson. I know, the greatest basketball coach of all time. That dude is so fucking awesome. Like, it made me... When I was watching it, I legit bought the 11 Rings uh, book because I want to read it. Just, dude. Like... Now- I'm just so curious, like, how his mind works and shit. Because, like, the whole the days off that they got to go golfing and, like, him just, like, letting letting Rodman leave. Like, I'm like, that guy, like, knows how to run something, like, as a good chemistry and shit like that. Like, I just, how does this guy's mind work? That's what they're saying. Like, when they brought in Rodman, they're like, okay, if you have Pippen and Jordan on the same team, they'll be able to tame Rodman. But 
you also had Phil that knew how to deal with like these big egos and kind of have them be cohesive and whatever. Cause him and Rodman got along on like some, some like Indian tribe shit, right? Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that, that like they would bring up like some type of Indian tribe shit. And then Rodman's like, Oh, I know about that, which is so random for Rodman to know. Like, yeah. you know, it, so I wanted to ask you guys a question that was brought up very briefly in the doc. Do you guys think that people saying there will never be another Jordan and Muhammad Ali is like pretty misconstrued because those guys like paved, paved the way for their respective sports? I'm not, I, I see what you're saying. You know, like it, okay. So it doesn't like, it ceases sports in a sense Yeah, that you're not going to appreciate LeBron as much as you are. Yeah. Because they're like living in different eras. You know what I mean? Like Jordan came out with the shoe, like changed kind of like the streetwear game. But I feel like LeBron in, is in his own sense is kind of like the perfect example of an athlete. Like he hasn't made an, a mistake publicly. You know what I mean? There's like no real dirt. This yeah. fool stayed with his wife, this high school sweetheart. Like this yep. is literally like a handwritten story. Like this is the golden boy, which is weird. But LeBron never got the opportunity to come out with some game changing shoes. You know what I mean? Where it really influenced worldwide. Like, yeah. I mean, let alone it's it's LeBron. Everybody's watching his games, but Jordan was a part of it when it was like really just fucking fucking up the whole world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like when the media really like took that shit and it was just like a, a rocket ship. You had the the it was the perfect opportunity because like people, I feel like uh, like when we were shooting around at my house and that older dude kind of walked up and he was telling us about. Like he was just talking about basketball and how he used to watch it and how he thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was like the greatest shit of all time, which is definitely understandable, you know, like, which is like in his generation to come up off that. I can see that. And now ours, like we saw Jordan, we're nineties kids. Like we saw Jordan go through that shit and he happened to be the face of like media pushing that. And he's the brand of Nike. But I think in a few years when we're older, like, it's going to be people backing up LeBron. Like yeah. it's going to be like, we're going to start fading away or whatever. And then it, you're going to hear about LeBron more. LeBron's going to be the, considered the goat and shit. And yeah. he is of this generation. He's going to be. So we, we all felt a certain way about LeBron at some point. Like we just disliked the guy, but we're all coming around to it now. Cause we understand. Yeah. I see that. Like he came out. I think what he really fucking did. That's dope as fuck is like his whole school situation. I promise thing. That's fucking sick, dude. You know what I mean? Like it really gives people the opportunity over there to like make something of themselves just by going to this fucking school. Like that's a big ass motivator. If it's not LeBron, it's the opportunities that you get from the school. You know what I mean? Like if Michael Jordan, if I had a chance to attend a Michael Jordan school at that time with those same opportunities, like who wouldn't want to go to school there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny how different, like, the times are, like, because now, because uh, uh, LeBron is very vocal on, like, he backed Hillary Clinton, which I don't really agree with, but, uh, like, he, he backed her, and he was very vocal about, like, the, the, the raising awareness about a lot of stuff going on. So was, like, Kareem. So was Muhammad Ali. And then you see in the Jordan documentary, Jordan's kind of... Jordan's very much about his business. Jordan, Michael Jordan is a business. He's not even a person anymore. Like that nigga is a business that is walking around like the, the not endorsing the guy uh, in Carolina, in North Carolina, who was running for governor. I think it was, or whatever it might've been and not endorsing it and just saying like, Oh, Republicans buy shoes too. the going out there after they won the gold medal and hiding the Reebok logo, which was fucking dope as fuck. Just like, and like, and he's in the car and he's talking Talk about, about it. That. And he's just like, he's just like, Oh yeah. He's like, Pfft. Fuck that guy. He's he's the one that's not letting us uh, wear Nike stuff or not wear that at all. He's like, well, everyone's talking about covering it up. Well, nigga, they ain't going to see the way I cover it up. Yeah. And he straight had the fucking American flag covering well, yeah. it. Well, yeah, t touch on that. Like, with the whole Reebok situation, there's sweatsuits. Yeah, so they, pretty much it was uh, Reebok that was... Uh, the the brand that was making all of the jumpsuits and shit like that for the Olympics, so all the athletes were going to be wearing them. And Michael Jordan, being Michael Jordan, in the most pro probably other than football, the most popular uh, sport in America at the time, or just the most the most popular athlete in America at the time, like he's going to be up on that stage getting a gold medal, and Reebok is just going to Reebok is the brand that's you're supposed to be wearing and being seen with. So that was a huge opportunity for Reebok. And Jordan just said, fuck no. Like if I can't wear Nike, then I'm just going to cover that shit up. And that's exactly what he did. And he did it in a fucking very smart way. Just, he's just a businessman.
And, and they had that little background clip where he's in the car, right? And he's like, oh, they're not going to do what I'm going to do. They're going to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. There you go. They starts walking out with the flag. With the there. flag covering. Like, that's just perfect. Like, that was just perfect. That was what are you going to tell him? Take the flag off. I know. Like, what? Like, what the fuck? Like, that was just, he, he just, he moves, he moves so different than everybody else. He, he definitely does. It's, it's very, it's very interesting. You LeBron, heard me? LeBron is coming for that. I don't think LeBron is actually good, but I think he's, he's like definitely coming for it. And especially with him having the, the, the losses on there now, like that makes for good TV. Like he made it, he made it in 07 and he loses to the chat to the Spurs who are like the dynasty. And then he goes again in 2011 and he fucking loses. He comes up short and then he finally wins in. Who does he beat? James Harden, Westbrook, and KD. And it's just like these guys are the next faces of the NBA, and he beats them. And then he fucking comes back from 3-1. Like, he's going to have that story too, you know? Okay, so as far as us being like Kobe fans, you and I, AJ? Yeah. Jeffrey, not so Jeffrey much. Jeffrey be hating. I'm, I'm but, a supporter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you have guys like Quentin Richardson, Matt Barnes, and uh, from, all, from All the Smoke. And Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson, there we go. Thank you. And they talk about how, you know, Kobe's not appreciated as much in the GOAT talk these days. People are tending to throw LeBron ahead of Kobe by default. And even above Magic, which is crazy because Magic has five. Like, yeah. And then you have these three guys that have played against both guys and they just would not want the business from Kobe. Like Kobe would just straight up give it to him. And that's why Kobe is above LeBron on so many different levels. Besides the championships that he has. Yeah. I can see that because Kobe, like they said, Kobe had that killer mentality. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, LeBron will go off on you in the playoffs, but it's not like from the start, you're just like, okay, we need to lock LeBron up right now or else he's going to drop fucking 50 on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. LeBron's not going to start off gung-ho, bro. But what I do want to say is imagine LeBron James on the, the dream team, how worse it would be for international teams lebron would straight up shit not only on international teams but he'd beat the bad boys i think so i think lebron got a lot better than jordan did quicker yeah yeah he was a fucking dominant rookie. really i think he was well well jordan averaged like 28 6 yeah. and 6 in his rookie season it's kind of hard right because like the way the game was played lebron's rookie year compared to Jordan's rookie year, like people got fucked up back back in the day. Yeah, which is true. I think I think Le- I think Jordan blew up on the scene straight up from the start, like just being like coming for the goat crown, like early early on, and like it was like crowned and stuff like that. And I think like deliberately so, but like with LeBron, I think he started off pretty hot, like especially for like a rookie and stuff like that. He started off hot. But they were, like, waiting. Like, they were just like, come on. Like, we're trying to give you that crown right now. They were trying to give it to him already. When Jordan went out there and fucking snatched that shit. Like, especially with Bird and Magic out there. Like, the faces of the NBA at the time. Like, a lot of people hated Kobe at the time. They weren't going to give Kobe the face of that. And Shaq was going downhill. Like, I remember all the shit people talked on Kobe around that time. 03, when LeBron came in the league. But. So, LeBron being the the lesser of the two between Jordan, like as in skillful, but an athletic, an athletic specimen that we've never seen. That's why I'm going to say LeBron might've done some shit that would, uh, you know, change the game a little bit quicker than Jordan did in that age. That's such a tough fucking thing to process. Yeah. It's super debatable because it's just like when Mike went against whatever bird and he called him a God. You know what I mean? Do you think LeBron went in, his first year, and some people were like, that dude's straight God unstoppable. I mean, sometimes, yes. But if if LeBron was to be in Jordan's era and attack the rim that much, I feel like LeBron would have got fucked up, and I don't know if he would stay as aggressive. There's, like, so many fucking things to add in, but, I mean, teach his own. It's, it's yeah, just, yeah. like, it's... I, yeah. I, should even, I should even retract a little bit, only because LeBron's a guy that's going to get his team involved first. Yeah. Before he gets going, and he'd probably get frustrated with that team like Jordan did, not want to pass them the ball. Yeah. That's probably why he'd That's lose. true. Maybe. So, I mean, I think I, I think LeBron is a lot more magic than anything else. I think if he would have came in before, like without 
like LeBron has become a brand himself, but without like if he came in before Jordan, he wouldn't like he wouldn't have been able to pick up that I'm my own brand. I think he would have been more of like a Magic Johnson. Not that there's anything even wrong with that anyways. I already think he is kind of like that. But just being the businessman and being so much about the community and stuff like that, like he reminds me more of like a magic type. But I mean, I remember do you remember when people used to argue about the redeem team? Like who would win the dream team or the redeem team? You guys yeah. remember the, the OA team? team? Yeah. That team was really nice, but I mean, then you got niggas like Carlos Boozer on it and Michael Red. Yeah. And, and they're gonna do a documentary on that, right? Yeah. Dwayne Wade's gonna produce it. The start the starting five for the OA team might be nastier. Uh nah, I mean Who's the starting five on the OA team? I think so it was Kobe. Okay. LeBron. Okay. CP3. Okay. No, it was Jason Kidd. Was it Jason? Mm-hmm. Okay. You also had... Dwight Howard. Dwight Carmelo. Yeah. Carmelo. Yeah, that's yeah. five. Which, that was a pretty... That is pretty nice team. So, Dwight... Hall of, well, I mean, everybody's a Hall of Famer. Like, you could both, literally throw... Like, if it... I mean, because Jason Kidd was kind of towards the end of his career. If, he, if, I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I was a coach of the 08 team, I would... And I was going to play the, the the actual dream team. I'd take Wade off the bench and have him guard whoever the point guard is. You know what I mean? Which would be very fucking interesting because D Wade balled the fuck yep. out in the last eight. Like God, dude, that shit. That's when he was coming back off those injuries and shit like that. He had shaved his head bald. I remember that shit like crystal clear. Fucking D Wade, man. That was when his jaw started getting big as fuck. I know all the steroids. Steroids. <laughs> steroids, young boys. pit bull dog, chipmunk. <laughs> Chip I'm a firm thing. believer that almost every athlete does it, does some type of steroids. Like I am a firm believer in it, and it makes it all right. They're all in the same. They're on a level playing field. They're all doing it. So <laughs> cut that bitch off. <laughs> Come in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Fucking blood doping, dude, in the league to this day. To, to this, this day. day. <laughs> Right, guys that does it for this episode of the flagrant three uh we'll be checking in next week to go over the next two episodes of the last dance uh but we appreciate y'all tuning in i'm super dope aj i'm jim shot jeffrey and i hope everybody's staying safe using condoms and not getting COVID 19 and i'm jm des happy birthday Gigi. happy birthday to my mom r.i.p happy uh, birthday our boy Gigi. jeff Happy birthday to Jeffrey. Uh, and drive safe and text me when you make it home. You're so Drake. You're Drake, dude. <laughs>